hello everyone and welcome to Spilled Popcorn. I can't believe we're here. It's crazy. It's amazing. Loki episode 6 has completed of season 1 of season 2. This is Spilled Popcorn where we spill all of the best of the latest and greatest on all of the TV series going on right now with my co-host Variant Cam. What's up? What's going on? He's not your normal cam. I'm not the he prime cam. I'm the variant cam. <laughs> I like me better than the others. I don't know which timeline you're from, but I'm glad you're here because I think one. you have a lot of... Oh, the very best one. I hope you have a lot of knowledge for us tonight. Can you do that for us? I will try my hardest. I really will. It all comes down to you, and it all comes down to this one episode here. Cam, tell me what emotion are you feeling uh, or what emotion did you feel when you finished Loki episode six? Hmm. Triumph. Is that Ooh. an emotion? Is, tri- <laughs> is triumph an emotion? You know, I think it is. I think it is. I believe in you that it would be. It, uh, if it's I've, not, I, I felt whatever the emotional equiv- equivalent of triumphantness is. Maybe triumphant is the word. Um, this is this is a, an emotions wheel uh, that I'll oh quiz my you on gosh. later. Okay. And maybe we could get we could get deep into the triumph and where it where it lies on here. Yeah. I, I think it's probably really close to something that exists. So bravo, bravo. Um, yeah, I feel that way as well because you we it felt like we were on the same journey as the Loki. Oh, we were on the pulse of it the whole way. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like we were right about a ton of stuff and that's great because it'll never happen again. And so it's good. It's good to be here. It's good to be here on the side of the right side of things for once. It'll never happen again. That will be that close to be correct. No, is that yeah. never, never, never <laughs> from here on out. Uh, we still want you to watch and listen, uh, but we will be wrong about everything. Uh, In a way, it's more fun when we're wrong. I think we have more fun when we're wrong, but yeah. it's been good to be right, too. So it really, it's 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 a win-win. Right, because we could say the most outlandish things and then be like, hey, got that wrong, you know? Yeah, like we were hard, we were hard on the Mephisto train. We were with everybody on that. We were like, Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto during WandaVision didn't yes. happen. We were talking about Kang during WandaVision, didn't happen. And that was fun in its own way. It really was. Yes. I mentioned to you something off air uh, on this episode that I was like, man, I should have put this on air, but I'm going to tell you off air that Agatha was actually behind everything uh, <laughs> Yeah, for the Citadel that we that we saw. And she's nowhere to be no, found in Loki. Definitely not. I think that was, uh, I think we both knew that was a very bold prediction, but I'm glad that you shared it with me. I really am. Yes, I was hopeful. Uh, just wanted to put the ball put the ball out there. But nonetheless, we have a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We have to talk about everything that happened in Loki season one, episode six, which is important because, of course, our mid-credits scene, we see that it is the first Disney Plus series in the Marvel Universe that will get a season two. That's right. Phew. Pretty crazy. Sigh of relief there. I was a little bit worried. They were like... You know, there had always been whispers that some of these shows would be season two eligible, but I was getting scared for a second there. I was like, I don't I don't know. Are any of these coming back? And then, thank God, we got the reveal that we did. Yeah, I guess the only hope and glimmer that we would have had is, was that if there wasn't a season two announced, and if there wasn't a season two of Loki, that we would see one of the Marvel MCU films pick up uh, in the TVA where Loki ends up and whatever happens with Sylvie uh, in the Citadel. So here we go. Let's chat about it. It's time for 
the final time of season one of Loki, the unwrapping. Yes. Doesn't it just sound so good? Oh, I love it. I love it. I'll never get over it. 30 years from now, this little piece of paper will be going strong. What I love about this episode is that there are so many ties to the greater MCU. It's, it's what Marvel does best at what it's, what's Kevin. It's what Kevin Feige does best. It's what the entire creative team does best. We get the opening records and I want to shout out to uh, uh, nerdist on this one. The very first sound you hear is a song playing on a vinyl record or a phonograph to which uh, in Endgame we see Captain America and Peggy Carter dance to once he goes back in time right before he relives his entire life. Uh, so that song's playing. We get all of these other shout outs from other other Marvel heroes that we've heard before. Basically their catch lines. Uh, anyone you could think of. Captain Marvel, Black Panther, uh, Bucky shouts something. Uh, Sam Wilson shouts something from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The list goes on. Every one of our heroes is just talking and talking and talking. It just uh, reminds you of the connection of everything we also get big political figures in real life uh speaking some of their most famous lines like Maya Angelou and uh Nelson Mandela it goes on and on and on it's so cool it's so cool and then we hit the ground back uh at the end of time and we see Loki and Loki I'm sorry Loki and Sylvie marching into the citadel Immediately after that, we get horrified with Miss Minutes. Uh, jump those. scare, Miss Minutes jump scare out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Absolute nightmare fuel. I'll never get over that moment. Hey, uh, y'all. I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, such a soft voice, but the, the sound behind it uh, just like stopped your heart. Uh, and because she's already up to no good. Uh, we'll, we'll speculate later, but Miss Minutes, I obviously up to evil. She either has um, there, there might be some collateral on her uh, from Kang's perspective, or maybe she is a variant of Kang. And we'll see if that can, is even possible. We'll discuss. We go inside the Citadel. Uh, there's these there are these monster, not these monsters, but these giant statues. Uh, I kept thinking they were going to pop out and just attack them. And then Miss Minutes stops her heart and says, come on in. He's been waiting for you. Um are you ready to take over the TVA? She says to some effect very briefly drops that nugget. And then they say, he who remains shall meet you. They go into his office and then we meet Mr. Jonathan majors as he who remains slash Kang question mark. Probably cam. Do you know anything about this? Uh, this variant of Kang? Is it directly people are speculating back and forth? Is it directly Kang or is it a projection of Kang? Oh, it's definitely it's definitely Kang, or or okay. if he doesn't if he doesn't refer to himself as Kang, it's Nathaniel Richards. I mean, this is definitely one of the one of the Kang variants. I mean, there is a character in the comics called He Who Remains who's different, but he's a completely different person. And so they seem to okay. have just kind of like taken that timeline and made Kang that person, and 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 as the MCU does. But yes, this yes. is Kang. This is Kang. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, we get. We get Kang, we get uh, this uh, constant back and forth attack. Sylvia is ready to just hack his head off. She misses every time. It's very playful. It's very alarming. Even though after the first psych out where he, he switches into a different spot, you're like, maybe she'll get him this time because she does it with such excellence and passion that she's like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him uh, with a Southern accent. Uh, so then we get T uh, with, with all three of them. He, Kang is just sipping on it and he's offering them total 
control of the TVA because he's getting tired. It's a young man's game, if you will, and he wants to do other things. We get a brief uh, snippet of Mobius uh, trying to stall Ravana. He's planting doubt and, and truth more so in all the other Minutemen. They go back in uh, to her original timeline where she before she became a variant and the other Minutemen see that she is a normal person and not born of the TVA. Lots of stuff happening in this. Um, and then we continue on. The end of time crosses its endpoint where Kang does not know what happens next in kind of a very subtle moment he just kind of like looks up and he says now there's no like explosion there's no the you know the citadel doesn't transform nothing comes crashing down he just uh in a very exciting very non-exciting but um uh, very uh confusing uh way he says and now i don't know what happens next then, of course, Loki and Sylvia attempt to try to kill uh, Kang multiple other times. Loki tries to hold Sylvia off and says, listen, maybe this is what we should do. We can't kill him. And then Sylvia sends him off back to the TVA. But where and when in the TVA is the biggest question from the uh, regular, from the prime timeline, from the sacred timeline. We don't know. From a different timeline of the TVA, we don't know. And when that happens, because Mobius doesn't know who Loki is. Sylvie stabs Kang in the stomach, and Kang says something to the effect of, this should be exciting. Mm-hmm. What do you we, think about we, all of that? Or he says, see you soon, or something like that, see right? See you soon, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love all of it. I'm excited about all of it. I think it's everything that I hoped, and then and then some. Uh, the opening credits were were great, as you said. The opening Marvel logo with the song It's the same song from uh, Winter Soldier too. When when Ooh. Nick Fury is inside Captain America's oh. apartment and he hears the music loudly, and that's how he knows that something is up. That's yes. the, it's the same song. Um, but you hear all those voices of all those characters. It immediately tells you. It immediately tells you something big is going on. And something something really big, and it gives you that sort of gravity to the episode, which I thought was a great stylistic choice because we are meeting our next Thanos, in my opinion. We're meeting the next big bad, and uh, Jonathan Major certainly dis- didn't disappoint. Um, he's an incredible talent. We all, I mean, I don't think everybody knew that, but everybody will very soon. He's a yes, he's he's a next level talent, and so yeah, it's exciting. I think the only things I really didn't see coming were. Sylvie killing Kang. I don't think anybody could have really predicted that. And then our Twilight Zone ending, which I'm sure we will uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about. But big time Twilight Zone vibes there, which I loved. Yes, absolutely. I love. Uh, so let's get into the butter. Let's start straight in with Jonathan Major's interpretation of Kang slash He Who Remains. It's nerdy. It's unpredictable. He's got this. Uh, uh, this carelessness uh, because he could be killed at any moment, but he knows he won't up until a certain point because he's, he's got the playbook, right? And he shows them the playbook. He's eating that apple, which uh, is uh, such a, a, a very intentional acting choice, but also it, it does the job just says like, I don't care what's going on. I'm just eat this apple in front of you. Tell me what you want. I know what I want. And uh, the way he wobbles the, down his stairs, the stairs uh, once he uh, says, let's go. Welcome to my office. And then he turns around and he's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> it's just so great. His characterization. I cannot wait to see all the different options he gives us. Uh, what did you think about when that door opened cam and you saw him just sitting there on, 
on a bench, almost like he was in a jail cell. Um, I was excited, and what followed was a little bit unexpected from my perspective. His his take on the character, um, but it's important to remember that Kang is not one person. There are you know thousands of them, <laughs> and we will get to meet plenty of them, and they will probably have different personas and different attitudes and different you know ways of going about things. I mean, the prime Kang or the or the main Kang that we get in the comics is certainly very boisterous, full of himself, in love with himself, um, thinks he's awesome. And so this this felt in line with that, though he, this was a little bit more blasé than I thought we might yeah. get from Kang. But I, I dug it. I thought, it were, I thought they were bold acting choices, but ones that paid off. Yeah, what was I watching recently? Oh, I've been watching, uh, to get ready for She-Hulk, I've been watching Orphan Black to see yeah, that Tatiana sure. Maslany in her in her role, and the kind of watching this just gave me gave me kind of like those vibes. Like she, he's going to develop all these different Kangs. Uh, there's a couple of different versions uh, in the comics that I looked up to see all of the Kangs in one room, just yeah. like in this giant, uh, uh, not the Citadel, but like a Coliseum. They're all just like hanging out, having a well, meeting there, together. Well, there is a council of Kangs. You know, okay. like if anybody has watched Rick and Morty. Uh, <laughs> Kang is Rick Sanchez. Like there is a council of Ricks and Rick and Morty, and there is a citadel full of Ricks. Like it's this. It's just I guess like a time travel trope that like once somebody masters time travel and becomes aware of all the different versions of themselves, there is a need to bring order to that. So yeah, there's a council of Kangs. There's the Prime Kang. There's Immortus. There's all these different variations, which makes it very fun and very confusing and awesome. Yeah, and what what else is great about this, what the MCU has done to kick open this door uh, into the multiverse is something to the effect of, you know, we, we always hope that our favorite characters won't die, and that's what comic books are. They always bring them back in some weird, random way, and this is what we really get with Kang in the multiverse to say, hey, we know that your favorite character died back in 2019, but guess what? doesn't matter. Captain America, Steve Rogers is now this version and he'll be here for four more years or we don't see him. And then he comes back 10 years from now. These options are both, are both wonderful creatively and for the business of the MCU. That's what's so cool about what they've done, what they've done and what they're doing with Kang. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, we were just talking about what if last time. Yeah. Well, guess what? The multiverse is a thing now. So that makes it possible for them to take any one of those what if stories and say, boop, now this goes into the main timeline because they hopped over or, you know, there is no main timeline. So there's, you know, the op options are literally endless. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, I watched this episode at 2 a.m. On, on the night that it came out. So I wow. don't quite remember. I did it. I said I was going to try and I did it. I don't exactly recall what happens to Ravana after uh, Mobius dupes uh, dupes her. Does, yeah. Do we see them again? I can't remember. She bounces. She rolls she, out. Okay. She takes her tin pad and she walks out a door to who knows where, and she's out. She's she's yeah. on a mission for answers. 
That's right. Mobius holds up his pruner and he says, don't make me do this. And she rolls out before he can get to her. That's right. That's right. So she's on the run uh, on the lamb. Mobius is just sitting there. Uh, The new Mobius that we see, the new Mobius, the other variant Mobius Mobius that we see, of course, after Loki uh, gets pushed through uh, by Sylvie uh, back either back in time or a different timeline. Uh, He has no idea who he is. Who knows? Maybe those timekeepers are not robot timekeepers on that timeline. Or there that aren't any be. timekeepers because he the thing that he looks at at the end is a statue. That's our Twilight Zone moment. When he yeah. looks into the middle where the statue of the timekeepers were, there's only one statue and it is of Kang. That's yes. it. And so it's like, dun, dun, dun. Man, I love the Twilight Zone. The Like the original Twilight <laughs> Zone is so great. And it gives you that like little bit of a sinking oh feeling at the end of the episode. And that's what this did. Uh, I loved it. I loved it so much. It did. So do you think in that episode, uh, let's just cut straight to speculations. We got to go. We have hours of that right now. Uh, So strap in everyone. Uh, We're going to get to the crumbs right now with Kang as the leader of Loki's new timeline uh, that he's currently in gets catapulted into by Sylvie. Uh, do we? Do you think that uh, Kang is just like skipping around the office, or is he? Uh, is he going different places, or is he uh, in that little temple, and you have to go to him for answers and for requests? Which do you think, or is it a combination? I don't think he's accessible in that world. Yeah. I think he's, you know, everybody's aware of him and what he does, and 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 maybe even has like, you know, some sort of like subordinate relationship to him, like they worship him in some way. But I don't think he's ex- like accessible. I don't think people are having one on ones with him, you know, at the TVA. I think he's uh, he's behind the gold set, elevator doors. Set it up on my Google Calendar, one on one with Kang <laughs> yeah. from twelve to one. Okay. Yeah, I think that is Kang the Conqueror. You know, there are yeah. Kang takes on many different monikers, but I think this is one who would call himself a conqueror for sure. And that might be the biggest bad version of him all, possibly. Could be quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see that version because assuming that version is the end of Phase 4 or the big bad of Phase 4, that'll be interesting to see all of the the different acting choices that Jonathan Majors plays out. How many do you you think that we'll see uh, of of these different Kangs? There's there's infinite numbers, but if you had to guess, let's let's do a guess, and in uh, 12 years we'll figure out, we'll add it all up and we'll figure out if we're right. So you guess first. How many unique characters will Jonathan Majors have to create from now until then? Um, oh, so like things that people that he actually has to act out. Yes, even if there is like a scene with with the Council of Kangs, and he's just like, like just like took a, a, a quick two second snippet per every single one of them in the same room. I think it could get goofy. I'm gonna say <laughs> three hundred plus. Ooh. Maybe if we do like one big scene like that, you know, where it's like yes. here's the arena full of Kangs or something. I think that I'll take that as the over under. <laughs> yes, that's that's a better number than I had. I was going to say the number in my head and I was just going to say they just extrapolate that was 64, like 64 takes of Kang. Yeah. And then you can't see them way up in the in the the, the, the Goonies there. So um, three three hundred, you said. Yes. Yeah, I said three hundred. I think yeah, I'm on the high end, but I'll, I'll, I'll shoot for the stars. <laughs> I mean, we have 12 years, so he's probably just, <laughs> I bet they his homework every night is like, okay, uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, you must give us a new Kang every single <laughs> week. Uh, and that will, they will translate. That'd be pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yeah. 
my goodness, there's there's so many things that people don't know about Jonathan Majors. The funny thing is that he's he is relatively a new talent, mm-hmm. but hit the ground in such a groundbreaking way that. Uh, you know, you, you think of, I think of people particularly like Leo DiCaprio, who I hope one day would join the MCU, but not likely. I think <laughs> of people like him started as a child star, incredible as a child star and made the transition and continues to excel and build upon his success. Jonathan Majors, you could call him a child star. I feel like we got him in at 17, 18 year old uh, Jonathan Majors, but um, really the, his, his big breakout role, I believe was in Defy Bloods and you just continue to see him land these major, mm-hmm. major roles in franchises. Uh, and he is very young. Yeah. Uh, so either he has uh, incredible, incredible talent, an incredible agent, or both. And I think it's both. I think it's probably both. I mean, he went to he went to Yale School for Drama, which is not. I mean, for his masters, which is not like one that you hear about all the time. But it's Ivy League, so I'm sure mm-hmm. that's not too shabby. Um, yeah, so he's he's only been working professionally for five years, you know, and, and he had Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes. Obviously, to Five Bloods. Um, he's coming out. He's coming up in that new movie with uh, Idris Elba, Regina King, the Western movie yes. that's coming out on Netflix. So he'll be mm-hmm. in that. I, I, the name is escaping me right now, but I've, same. He's huge. <laughs> Lovecraft Country. He's Emmy nominated. Um, big deal. Big deal. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I just can't, I know we're speculating, but I just can't wait to speculate how big of a star he'll be uh, by the time that this is done. And uh, I wonder if if he'll be able to do other roles outside the MCU. It seems like they're more, uh, they have more of a leash on that, that you can do other projects Mm -hmm. uh, that you can squeeze those in from here and then, uh, which will be very, very exciting to see all of that play out. Uh, Any any kind of speculation that you'd like to dive into at all, Cam? Anything you saw that you're like, we have to talk about that. Well, I think the Loki Sylvie conflict is certainly significant, you know, for, yeah. the, for the first time since their original, you know, conflict where they didn't even know each other, they are at odds over this thing. And it's hard to argue with either of their points. I think the great thing about Kang and particularly where they're going with Kang is much like Thanos, he has a great motive. A great villain should have a great motive. And, and, and Kang, maybe even more so than Thanos, you can say, Eh, he he might have a point there with his whole sacred timeline thing. Like he might have a point yeah. that things are better if if the multiverse chaos is kept under control. So when Loki says, "Hey, hold on, let's talk about this for a second, Sylvie's like, "Are you nuts? I've been trying to escape this sacred timeline prison my entire life. I'm not stopping now." It's hard. It's hard to decide who's right. You can see both sides of it, and I think that's what's so compelling about the whole thing. Um, but I think the question is, did we just see? the birth of Sylvie, the villain, you know, did we, but you know, her killing Kang, that's a pretty ruthless, merciless type of thing. Not something that's, you know, we wouldn't expect from a Loki, but maybe one who's had a, had a spiritual awakening like those two seem to have had. Um, so will Loki and Sylvie be at odds for all time? Always <laughs> now, you know, it's, it's hard to know, but that's something I'm definitely keeping an eye on for season two and beyond. 
I love that. I love that you said that too, because yeah, they they hadn't been fighting. There was the back and forth right at the beginning. Then they needed each other. They tried to trick each other a little bit here and there, but ultimately realized there was something greater. Uh, I love that what she says right right about right before they start fighting is that she says again something to the effect of "I was pruned before you were even born." Right. Yeah. So she's like, "I'm I'm the elder here. Listen <laughs> to what I have to say." Yeah. They also uh, kissed in this episode. Yes, they did. It's like Big old what? Kiss. That's crazy. That's madness i didn't know that they would go there but they totally went there self-love self-love is, is what it is <laughs> something like that so, uh, loki and and loki kissing it was uh, i kind of cheered uh, i was i don't know if it was the sleep delirium or what i, I literally was like yes, it was a great cinematic moment for sure it really was yeah. it was a good moment I'm all for it. I, I ship them. I don't know if people still say that, but I totally ship yeah, Loki and Sylvie. Uh, I also loved that when she did uh, just take that sword and, and stab it into Kang is that uh, he was com- completely off guard, but resolved at the same time, right? Because he didn't have his playbook had ended. He knew time had passed and he didn't know what came next. He couldn't do anything. And when he got stabbed, he was just like, here it is. Yeah. That's it right? because he couldn't do anything that was marvelous too. But he also knew uh, that he has like a safety net, right? Because he wasn't panicked. There was no fear. There was no anger. Uh, there, there wasn't joy, but there was also, there was kind of like a playful giggle he gives. Uh, but he knows that the safety net is probably the other Kangs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he, he knows that his existence doesn't end there. I mean, it just, it keeps going. And I think in a way he was, happy to be done with the madness that is the timeline you know he was ready to go uh he was ready for it and really interesting i mean the one thing i really didn't foresee was him providing them with an offer to take his job (laughs) you know that was that was an interesting wrinkle and one that i was like hmm i wonder where this goes You, you know first you had miss minutes you know kind of the first gate offering them everything they could ever dream dream of offering loki the throne of asgard i mean for god's sake that's that's his whole, that's been his whole thing. You know, it's such yeah. a huge deal and he turned it down, which is obviously a great character develop, development moment for him. Um, but then, yeah, they get King's job offer. They turn it down and we go from there. But I think the birth of the multiverse is, is the most significant event to happen that, that will happen in Marvel, you know, post blip. I mean, the blip was the first big, event and and i think the birth of the multiverse will will be the next one it it opens up all sorts of possibilities yeah i think uh i think i saw this comparison of like these just like these stark white dominoes that we'll have to throw off to find it down and find it again there's like it's like scaled to like one inch and it's a guy setting it up carefully and then it said on it uh loki taking over (laughs) new york 2012 and then it had multiverse creation and it was like the size of a house like (laughs) to scale like on all the events in between and it really is it really is like that was so big to us the 2012 avengers and and Loki being the big bad in that movie. And here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. Here's, uh, uh, here's my next big speculation. If I may. Um, absolutely. If you go, this is, this is real speculation. Now we're going to get weird. If you go to Disney plus and you go to their Marvel cinematic universe, like little category that they have, mm. they have everything ordered in the timeline chronologically. Um, and they slotted Loki in front of WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier 
chronologically, which is interesting for for a ton of reasons because we know that this takes place after Endgame, but time is all relative when you're talking about 2012 Loki hopping into the TVA, so it's always been a question of like, where does this actually take place? <laughs> you know, where does the TVA Ooh. exist? Um, but, you know, that means maybe that the multiverse existed just prior to WandaVision and prior to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> and what that has me thinking is, you remember when we talked about WandaVision and Ralph Boner and how I was like, hey, maybe they will still fix this. Maybe yeah. they will make it like Ralph Boner is in that reality the, like who Peter Maximoff would be. You know, in the same way that like Loki is called Sylvie in a different timeline. Yes. You know, like have a different name. Could they still tie in those old X-Men characters? I think they definitely they could. Yes, they have to. Yeah. How could they not? Because that kind of fake out is just brutal. People That's were just... very mad, my, myself included. I mean, it was it was it was a tough pill to swallow when you get that bomb dropped on you in the finale. You know, <laughs> yeah. Episode two, like if it, if like by the end of that same episode that he was introduced, like eh, whatever, just throw away. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's a fan just joke. No, but like in the finale, makes no sense. They absolutely need to connect him. They absolutely have to bring the X-Men in, um, if not contractually, then I think uh, just the, for, for the morale uh, of us, you and I. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, we know that the we know enough about the multiverse and what's going to be going on in Spider-Man to know that they're tying in not just Sony characters, but like decades old Sony Spider-Man characters. So, you know, when they're talking about characters they own now in the Fox universe, that's certainly not off limits. Like, yes, I would put a large, if there was a, a way to bet on Hugh Jackman appearing in the MCU at some point right now, I would put everything that I own on it. I would. There has to be. I mean, he <laughs> he hung up his claws, but I think for any um, continuing series, you know, this this I think falls under uh, his history and his legacy. That I don't think that he would pass up. I think he would do it. I think yeah. he would do it. I think just in a cameo appearance, honestly, anything. But I, I I think he will appear at some point. I think the multiverse is the right move for Marvel to take things to the next level. I see growing sentiment that. People are getting bored of superhero movies or they're not exciting anymore and yada, yada, yada. And maybe that's true and maybe I'm just a, you know, too, too close to it to, to see that. But I think Marvel still has a few tricks up their sleeve that they can use to pull people back in if that's really the case. Mm -hmm. I think what these three series, especially what WandaVision and Loki have given us is uh, a, a, a more cerebral look at these worlds and these universes to say, mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's all these ultimate goals. But guess what? You guys have to think even harder now because everything is not what it seems. Uh, the, the first kind of foundation for that was captain america winter soldier it's like who's this guy going around killing everyone oh it's bucky there's a second right. soldier look out so that that alone was just fantastic and the, the whole overall structure of that film is perfect but now we have this this giant universe to take hold of and, and to not understand any of the inner workings and how what are the rules and, and how people can or can't behave i think that just the 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 spectacle of that and the the unpredictableness of that is something that Marvel has not 
uh, gone into until these specifically WandaVision and Loki. And now we have it, which would break away from the traditional look of these superhero movies. Absolutely. 100%. I think it, it's, it's the ultimate gateway, man. And, and we, we're unlocking all kinds of new ways to think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is desperately needed because I think fans have been spinning their wheels on the same theories for a long time now, and the multiverse throws that whole playbook out the window. And uh, yeah, it just injects a whole new bunch of life. And one last speculation, that I'll, that I'll, this will be my last one. I'll just leave Do it. it. Going back to WandaVision, because this, this episode, oddly, this episode of Loki has had me thinking more about WandaVision than anything else, because... As soon as I saw that timeline with Loki being slotted in front of WandaVision, I was like, hold up now, hold up. So the other thing you might remember from when we talked about WandaVision, and if you don't remember it, go back and watch our episode recaps of WandaVision because there's lots of good nuggets in there. Um, if If the multiverse was born prior to WandaVision, then that means that other Kangs, and particularly the Kang who eventually becomes Immortus, could have existed in time for WandaVision. And if you'll remember, Immortus in the comics manipulates Wanda into giving birth to um, uh, Wiccan and Speed. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he is the architect behind that whole thing. It's, it's this complex manipulation. And so they could be sticking with that comic book storyline. And Wanda could, at some point in this Doctor Strange movie that's coming up or, or whatever could have this could learn that you know her relationship with vision her you know giving birth to these two kids was all a manipulation from immortus who is actually just an older version a future version of kang a different kang so um, yes that would be cool that would be a cool timeline to keep intact and one that would is totally in play given the events of loki and also wandavision it would be incredible. Incredible. I can't stress enough how beautiful this, this season ending what came to be and that everyone every week, you know, waiting for that mid credit scene. And of course we just <laughs> see a stamp with season two. That's awesome. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. We don't know when we have no idea. We have no idea about filming what it looks like. It's gotta or- be soon, right? It's gotta be soon because there's going to be so much that unfolds in the Marvel universe over the next year. Now that would be cool if they actually filmed like 12 episodes. Yeah. And they said, see, you know, let's just cut them off right there. Let them sit on that. And then they just surprise drop it at some point. Well, I mean like, um, yeah, like the Mandalorian has done a season a year and, and will still like, hopefully they keep with that cadence. That's what, that would be my preference. Cause how many, what's our next movie? Is it Spider-Man? No, no is it? It's uh Shang-Chi. And then, and then Immortal, and then Eternals, I'm sorry, Yep. and then Spider-Man. We get all three of those this year. They go boom, boom, boom. They drop within like two months of one another. Correct. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe there's enough, uh, there, there'll be enough arm, uh, ammo to drop it in between one of those, or right after one of them that it would make sense to, I don't know what that looks like, but. Might be after I'm, Quantumania, Ant-Man Quantumania next year, could be after that. Whew, we'll see. Man. But what if we get it sooner, Cam? That what would be really quick. If it's this year, that would be insane. Like, I, I don't the, even know. That's unprecedented. The, I know, I know. The only way is if they went ahead and filmed it all. You know, like part yeah, A, yeah. part B, you know, like Breaking And then they're Band, like, surprise. Man. Yeah, like it's done. Or they're they're post-prodding post right now. Yeah. Oh, man. 
wishful thinking, but I like it. I like it a lot. I'm just going to wish it. I'm going to speak it into existence. (laughs) Exactly. And the ball's in your court, Marvel. (laughs) I expect it sometime soon. That's right. Let's start the revolution. (laughs) Well, that is all we have for tonight, everybody. We don't know what is in store next. We've been tossing around the what-if episodes. Uh, Maybe we'll get into some Corey Carson. I don't know. But something... Whatever comes next, we're here for you. We're going to figure it out, and we will definitely have another uh, round of spilled popcorn. It's not going away. It's just when, much like Loki Season Mm 2, but sooner. So we will talk to you very, very soon. We're going to play you out with our original music from our favorite band, Rhetoric. That's Cam, your co-host. I'm Kirk. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.